Hi there, and welcome home to the Two Story Podcast. I'm your host, Elena, and today will be a very special part two to last week's episode with Monique Stelly. Short intro today, as you will have heard about Monique's life and accomplishments before this episode aired last week, and... I'm excited for you guys to hear this one. We chatted about the paranormal, creative writing, so many things. This is more of a fun blooper reel of last week's episode. So I hope you guys enjoy as much as I enjoyed recording it. And let's get started. I love the theory that, you know, organic material like rocks and wood and you know, plants and all of those things hold on to the energy that has been put out around them. And so, you know, in terms of the paranormal, not to get into it, (laughs) um, but, you know, to walk into a house that has experienced a lot of loss or tragic loss or, you know, very strong emotions whether they're good or bad to think that those spaces hold on to that energy and can recreate it because that original, you know, like a murder house. Yes. And like, like so then the inner house. Yeah. Like, so energy manifests itself. Mm -hmm. I mean that versus the idea that like a spirit remains. Mm. I think, I think energy can be left behind. I don't know if I think spirits remain, but I definitely, you know, I definitely think that energies exist. I think that after all of my years of watching ghost adventures, I've, I've, Oh my God. Oh oh my God. Did something just scratch me? Oh my God, bro. Something just touched my arm. Oh my God. My head hurts. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mind us too now. <laughs> did it just get really cold? My Bro, did you feel favorite, that? My favorite episode is when Aaron like runs back to tell him something. And he's like, I think I just peed a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's like, excuse me, sir. You were a grown man. You Hold what? on. What? No, that's incontinence. That is not, sir. Uh, <laughs> this is not, is not a spirit. Supernatural. Yeah. That's actually like a problem. This is a problem for you. Yeah. I think uh, what I've, what I've grown to believe over the years is that, you know, there are two different types of energies or things that can happen in terms of the paranormal. I think that there's energy that's held onto and repeated over time because it's stuck in that place. And I think that that's not, you know, intelligent at all. I don't, I think it's just history repeating itself over and over. And then I think that there's not necessarily a spirit on earth. I think that there's something between here and the next place. And that's where those kind of responses come from. Do I think that they happen very often? Probably not as often as they do on the ghost adventures. (laughs) And like, I know I know they're here. It's, you know, it's been a long time since I've experienced something. A very long time. Um, But the things that I have, it's like, I'm I'm never going to forget that. And no one can take that away from me. 
Yeah, no, I've, I've experienced weird things and, you know, I, I, like I grew up to evangelical to not believe in spirits and demons and angels and stuff. I think there's a lot of evidence sort of like, there's very similar things in different cultures and different belief systems that make it seem like there is something regardless of what we call it, demons, angels, spirits, vibes, whatever. Um, there's, I think enough evidence historically that things exist outside of our realm of vision or, you know, whatever. And so, man, I did like, I, like, I'm the kind of person, like I'm too Hispanic. I'm too, like, I was raised too religious. Like, you're not going to bring a Ouija board and then tell me we're going to have some fun. Absolutely No, thank not. you, ma'am. I'm no. out. out. Call me an Uber. I'm 36 no. almost and still will not. Don't bring that. Mm-hmm. That's the devil. Like, Even that's too that. much for me. I can't. Tarot cards, too. Because mm. it's specifically, <laughs> it's specifically mentioned in the Bible. And I just grew up you know, with that mentality, like that's, that's the devil. But I'll be honest with you. It's off-putting when I hear people who are really not just people who are like TikTok, you know, going, given like positive affirmation. Here's your energy. Like, Something good is going to happen to you this week. Good. Like you need to just like think positive, like that's not, but when people are like, like I knew somebody who like their aunt or something was an actual like psychic or medium. Mm-hmm whatever. And like, she would not tell people like negative things. And she, she had a friend, my friend had a friend who she brought, um, for a reading and her grandma was like, I'm not going to say anything and left. Like, she was like, I'm, I'm not going to do your reading. And that, 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 no. Can I tell you a story? This is not okay. I'm just going to let the story happen. So, uh I went over to my mom's house to help her clean out this like room that she had kept all of her crap in for so long. And she says, "Oh, I got a set of tarot cards and they're beautiful. Do you want to see them?" I'm like, "Of course. Yeah. Like I don't care." Like I, you know, until for me, until you put the energy into those things there, it's paper. And my mom doesn't read tarot. She just saw some pretty cards online and ordered them. And maybe she'll get into it one day, but she most certainly was not into it at this time. So she grabs them and she shows them to me. And I'm like, I'm thinking in my mind, these are just pieces of paper, but the Christian part of me growing up is thinking, oh my gosh, but what if the devil is in these cards. Right. I touched them. So I went through them because they were like gold foiled and they were really pretty and I wanted to see them. And almost immediately after I was, I was facing the bedroom door and my mom was sitting in a chair facing me away from the door. And I had turned around to say something to her and I saw this shadow no, in the doorway no. And it was, it was a head poking in and then it went straight back out. No. Mm -mm. And I said, I froze right in my little shoes and I heard footsteps walking away briefly and then they were gone. Like, it was like it had walked into the room right down the short hallway and had disappeared. 
So I'm frozen standing where I'm at. And I was in the middle of a conversation and my mom was like, what, what's wrong? And I said, mom, I know you're going to be really mad, (laughs) but there is someone in here. And I explained everything to her and she's like, oh, I'm sure it's fine. And my mom's always said that, you know, she has this sixth sense. She's so much more in touch with that than I am. And she said, I don't really feel anything. So even if it was something like, I, I don't, I don't think they meant anything wrong. Mm-mm. And I said, do you think it was my stepdad? And she said, no, he's, he's asleep. And she went in their bedroom, looked in there. He was in their bed asleep. I'm like, well, dang. And at this point I'm freaking out. I'm like, mom, I'm packing my stuff up. I cannot help you anymore. I have to go. No. Um, I'm scared to go home now. So then, you know, we're, she's like, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. We're going to ask it to leave. It's going to be fine. 10 minutes later, my stepdad gets up and he's like, Hey, how's it going? And mom's like, we, Elena saw a ghost. Like we're not okay right now. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I saw someone peek their head into the bedroom and then, you know, heard footsteps go away. I didn't see a face. I didn't, you know, hear them walk away completely. And he goes, Oh, I put my head into check in on you guys and then walked away because you guys didn't see me. Oh my God. Oh, so all this time I was so scared of this demon following me home. And it was your stepdad. I mean, look, I've, and I've, I've seen things like that before, you know? So I was like, Oh, this isn't new. And this is terrifying. I've never had it be in my own house or in my own like immediate family or somewhere that I felt that it could get attached to me. And your mom's so nonchalant, like, oh, it's all right. She's like, no, it's fine. No, no, ma'am. Well, the house that she grew up in, um, she, I don't think she ever saw something specifically like a face or a, like a being, but there was always this energy. And I felt the same thing. I told her once when I had grown up, I I said, mom, like in granny's house, that purple room, right? Like there's something in there. And she was like, well, yeah, but, and I'm like, it's in the closet, right? Cause the closet freaks me out every night when I stay in there. And she's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like there's something in there. There's always been something in there. No. Mm-hmm. Ever since I was small. I've never set foot in that room since then. I refuse. Wow. Scared out of my mind. Um, no. No. I don't, I don't mess with that. And like tarot cards, honestly, like they all like there's like a description for each one, mm-hmm. like the whatever of pentacles and like all that. Um, what I – what I tend to get uneasy about is when people who are reading them, like I said, like the ones who are just like, Oh, this is your affirmation. I feel like you need Mm -hmm. to hear this, whatever. But it's when like people are really into it. Like the spirit is telling me what spirit, what spirit, who is (laughs) it? And what do they have to do with me? Yeah. Who's talking to you? What do they know? How? Yeah. If it's a spirit that doesn't directly know me, what do what could they possibly know about my life? Be yeah, like it's like the spirit, and there's like a collective. I mean, mm. like 
Mm-hmm. I'm not into it, but I've heard a lot about it. And no, no, no. no. I, the thing is like, say it's all garbage. Okay. No big deal. Say it's not all garbage. Say all that's real. And you're like tapping into that. Mm-hmm. Like, but the thing about it is like the thing we know, just like, if there's a, a good, there is ultimately an equal bad. Like mm-hmm. you learn that in writing mm-hmm. too. Um, there has to be a, a light and a dark. And so there has to be a conflict. And so I think that if there is a spiritual realm, blah, 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 that that's definitely got to be, there cannot only be a good, there has to be also the counter. And I don't want to mess. I don't, I don't want to mess with it because when you open that door, it's not only to the good, but also to the bad. If it exists, hypothetically speaking, right. Mm-hmm. So you kind of sound, you start to sound crazy when you talk about stuff like this, but yeah, like you're not, you're not just letting in, like, what are you letting in? Because like, we don't know. We don't know. We don't we have know. No idea. And I think one of the scariest things about life and death for me is that, you know, in what I believe is that I, I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen or what the afterlife looks like or what, you know, the other side looks like. There could be a spirit standing right next to me in this fire right here saying it's fine. Right. And, and I, I, I will never know in this lifetime whether or not that's true. And that's terrifying. Right. But terrifying. I also think that like any kind of faith is like choosing to believe, you know what I mean? Like whether you believe in something or nothing, there's no real proof either way. Mm-hmm. Like there's no proof of God, but there's no proof really to disprove. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, then I choose because this makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I choose to believe this. And I don't think, yeah. I mean, I don't know that we're even meant to have calm about it. Mm. You know? That's a good point. I don't, I think growing up Christian, there's a lot, you know, like, oh, we'll be at peace, like find comfort in God and like the Bible and all of that. But I also think that like, you don't have to. You can be scared. You can mm. be scared of death. It's natural and normal. You're like very primally, you are programmed to try to survive. Of course. I mean, your heart, your body does it even whenever your brain stops working. Like you start to, at the end of your life, your heart does one big pump and it makes your hands move. And um, even to the very last, you're trying to survive. So, I don't think that we're meant to be at peace with death, Mm. you know, but, you know, how many things are we told we need to do that are just unnecessary? Right. You know, Mm. and a lot of times, like I know growing up anyway, that it was like, you don't have faith if you, if you feel, you know, if you feel uneasy, if you feel fear Mm. and I think that's wrong. I think you can feel fear and have faith simultaneously. Sure. You know, cause I don't like, I have faith that when I drive, everybody's going to be following the rules, but there is still the fear that they won't, mm-hmm. you know, somebody runs a red light. I'm dead. And if somebody falls asleep driving. I could die. So I think, you know, 
a little fear is okay. Just a little, though. Just a little. Speaking of a little fear, I really don't want to get too deep into this because it's 11 p.m., but Skinwalkers? No. The great most terrifying version of a, a paranormal being ever. Like, even saying the word, I'm scared to do. Honestly, I what feel like they me? look like what a human would look like if they were stuck in a cave and we'd like devolve. Oh, I mean, I, like you know? what, what I understand them to be is that they can look however they want to look, but they always look a little messed up. Like if they're like a shapeshifter. Yeah. Oh, look it up, queen. Mm, you don't no, want to see, right now. But that's the uncanny situation where something just looks a little off. Mm-hmm. That's why clowns are a little Ugh. off. Like, why are you smiling? But you also kind of look sad. Have you not seen smiles. those TikTok videos of like, there's a guy riding a horse and he hears someone like saying, you know, asking for help and there's no one there. They can make themselves sound like something needing that's help. That's the devil. Exactly it is. That's the devil. Yeah, like, that's 100% like the I'm, devil. I, I should stop talking about this because I'm going to go to bed frightened. Yeah. No. Like I might I, have to turn my phone flashlight on to walk down the hall. No, I, that's terrifying. I mean, Any- don't look it up tonight, but tomorrow in the daylight, definitely look it up. I'm going to have to. Yeah. No, I just... I mean, I, I can thinking, guest spotlight on yours and Danielle's podcast and yeah, talk about these, but it will have, have to be in the daylight. Yeah, you're going to have to. Because, yeah, anything that's, like, going to fool me into comfort and security and then reveal itself as something malicious or menacing, um, no. I mean, like, talk about, I mean, No. For no, me, it's something that's just like, like you were saying, just slightly unnatural enough to make it fearsome. Like things with abnormally long limbs. Oh, yeah. that's it for me. Like that's, NFL basketball players. Like, whoa, that's, that's I think that's, <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to say that. <laughs> you're too tall i think it's like what's the point like There's something I wrong with you uncanny um no i mean uncanny like Valley. what's a what's a good example see Wonder like Man? yeah that's Come unnerving on. yeah yeah i'm trying to think of something that i find anything with like a forced smile i remember mm-hmm. back in the day like there was like the old school batman cartoon Love that. But there was this one episode where the Joker had this laughing gas and it would make people laugh uncontrollably and they couldn't. And I mean, like I'm, I'm almost 36 still talking about this one episode of Batman. Okay. (laughs) But it would make them laugh uncontrollably until their eyes bulged out and they essentially died or went insane. And first of all, chemical warfare, the Joker was like on point, but like neurotoxins like king of evil that was king energy for that dude but like (laughs) you dropped this king (laughs) but the idea of taking something that you like or something that makes you feel comfortable and then just distorting it and Mm. making it and weaponizing it like just oh 
Ugh, like that. That reminds me of the the moment in Monsters Inc. where you know Randall sets up like that scream machine where he like pulls it out of them. Yeah, the worst. Weird. I weird. I don't even want to think about it as a child. That was traumatizing for me. Fast forward. Fat. Yeah, it's like nah. I'm not gonna do that. Y'all, no, and here's the deal. Forward. I grew up in like. I watched like it and stuff like that. Oh what no, I didn't watch any of that Mm-mm. when when I was younger, and it was just like I couldn't, I, I couldn't. I now I did watch it, the original one, um, and I laughed. Me and my mom were actually laughing. I'm sure that it. if I watched it during the day, I'd be like, "Oh, this." I'm like, why didn't anybody uh-huh. just like the? I think it's the one, the girl. I don't remember the names, but the the main woman character she's driving in the car and he's standing there and he's like ha, 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 you know like on the side of the road holding a balloon or a group of balloons and i'm just like why did you not run him over you're right. so scared you had every right you had every opportunity mm-hmm. like to just run that mm-hmm. thing over and then the whole turtle part of it what what mm-hmm. Stephen king i don't i don't understand what? you i don't understand you but I did find out that his son also writes. Oh, interesting. Under the name John, is it John Hill? I, wrote, I didn't know that. So he wrote Lock and Key. They made a Netflix uh, show about it, and I recently found that out mm-hmm. listening to a podcast. And but he doesn't. I think it's John Hill, but he doesn't use his dad's name. But he writes mm-hmm. sort of similarly kind of weird uh, time travel-y weirdness uh, but yeah yeah i mean like just i have the most bizarre interest in things so we could go on and on forever talking about oh i mean paranormal yeah. and definitely true crime don't get me oh started. forever we need to do <laughs> We need to do a podcast just talking about fan fiction and that whole. Oh culture. my gosh, yeah! I we need to do a special on the Zodiac Killer too, because that's yes. that's my fave. I did a presentation that's your on him. One? Oh yeah, I did a presentation in college on mm. him in front of well them, doing whoever it him. was, whoever. I'm scared. He's still out there. Listen, he's so old though. Like, I let's don't know. assume that in 1970-whatever, he was in his early 20s. How old would he be now? 70? But he yeah. could have that farmer strength. I don't know, because he just shot people. So, what, I, mean, I don't know. What's, what's the other option there? here? He stopped killing or he, you know, unalived himself? I think... I would say that probably unalive is the biggest because they tend they can settle down, but they tend to pop back up because they get like manic mm-hmm. and that's when they do a bulk like killings and then they die out. They can die out for years and um, manage their behavior. But yeah, I just feel like by now they there's still a message that hasn't been decoded, right? No, it just got decoded, but it just doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything? No. That I figured with modern technology, you're telling me you can't figure out the Zodiac's last message? Yeah, it seems weird. Know, Was he that brilliant? 
Right. I mm. don't really know. There is a new, um, a new Netflix documentary and really? I watched it. Yeah. About this guy in England. I forget his name. Hold on. Sorry if you, do you hear that siren Mm-mm. talking about the killers? There's a siren in the background. Um, anyway, but his name was Nielsen. Nelson, Nielsen. Anyway, mm-hmm. he was like a serial killer in the 80s. And mm-hmm. um, and it's really fantastic, but it all has like his voice recording because he was doing a autobiography. Oh. And uh, so you hear him talking about it. And I mean, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting because like he like is so calm and unfeeling about the whole thing. Like he gets picked up by the police and uh, they're like, okay, well, it looks like there's two bodies in a bag in those bags in your house. And they were like, is there only two? And he's like, no, like 14 or or 15 or 16. And he's very nonchalant about how he doesn't remember names. He can only give like descriptions, like just just so unfeeling that's unnerving when somebody's so sociopathic yeah i mean i remember a time earlier this year i was i was going through it and it was before yeah it was before i broke my arm it was in january um i remember feeling nothing like for probably a good week or two. I remember just feeling absolutely nothing. It's like I can't get excited about anything. I don't cry over anything. I, I just don't feel anything. Yeah. You know? Um, and for that to be someone's forever, it sounds like torture. You know? Like just your own mental prison. I I remember like, you know, feeling like I don't care anything could happen to me and it would it would be you know okay I'll just move on I mean imagine thinking I could kill someone and I don't I don't care it means nothing I mean it could never be me right except for maybe that one time but (laughs) yeah but not really I mean because like you'll there's obviously a difference between I can't connect to somebody like I don't have the ability to empathize and I'm so emotionally run down at this point in my life, but that's been a function. And I think even, even in those moments, like empathy will kick in. Mm. You couldn't torture somebody. Oh, I mean, I think even if you, even if you said, even in those moments, if you said something mean, maybe not in that moment, but you would later be like, Oh man, Oh my God. And then anxiety would kick in. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that I I had a lack of, you know, empathy in that moment per se. I think um, it's in in a way of relating to a person. I mean, that is a disconnect. You know, I could have chosen one morning to wake up and be like, I'm just going to fake it until I make it and be happy. And I would have gotten there. You know, these kind of people can't do that. It's not a choice. It's not a, you know, 
oh, I just need to go out and do some things that make me happy and my mood will change or maybe it's just the weather. This is everyday life for them. And as someone who struggles with, you know, different mental, you know, health issues that are not my choice, I, you know, what I go through is bad enough. I can't imagine, you know, having that every day and it being that, it being, you know, no that's just how you function. Yeah, that it's always weird. Like I always, you know, empathize with the kid, you know, because a lot of times, not every time, but there's a lot of times that as children, these people were, you know, mishandled or Mm. abused blatantly. Mm. And so I always empathize with the kid, but there comes a point where like that person made decisions. And so it's very hard to, you know, try to like get inside their head without it being like, that can really F you up, man. Like Mm -hmm. trying to, I mean, like there's times where, like, I would say this is sort of a hobby (laughs) of mine. Um, but like it gets to such a point where like you I can't even I can't even listen to anything else about true crime. I can't listen to one more thing about somebody getting viciously murdered. Mm-hmm. Um because it messes with you. So like I always think about the cops and stuff who do and detectives and forensic scientists and stuff that are handling mm-hmm. all these things pretty regularly like man i think um yeah i mean the the cops and detectives that deal with it it's the the difficult part for me to wrap my head around is that it's normal for them and although it is normal for them it does affect their worldview and it affects their emotion from day to day so you know they're thinking oh it's just another day at the office and yet it still affects them at a much deeper level I mean just me being aware you know the last couple of years becoming aware of how you know I guess um things that I grew up being too privileged to see or realize about the world even yeah. that's messing me up. You know, I've, I've been coming to some realizations over the past probably six to nine months of like, oh, the world sucks. Oh, yeah. And it's so much different than what I thought it was. And I mean, imagine becoming a cop and having grown up in that privileged kind of mindset. You know, like you were exposed to so much more than I've been exposed to. Yeah. And you, you just have to get up and go back to work the next day. Right. And I think that like the variety of experience though Mm -hmm. is good because there's things that obviously things I've seen in my life that maybe you haven't that make me more cynical. But if you pair that with you, who's much more hopeful in certain ways than I am because you didn't see those things, like I think everybody has sort of a place, you know, I do think that like, growing up in general, like every stage of growing up opens your eyes to sort of how crappy things are around you. 
And I think that's just a natural like transition of growing up. I mean, have children, the world becomes extremely terrifying oh, oh. because all of a sudden, like you never have to think of pedophiles, you know, and where they live. And then you have children and you're like, oh God, they live everywhere around here. <laughs> like they're everywhere. So <laughs> there's one five streets down. I know. What are we going to do? There's an app that really does show you where they live. I don't, I can't. I can't. I, I can't. Do it My kids like, are not going to leave the house, period. Period, period. Like they're not going anywhere. So mm-hmm. yeah, so like, mm. so like there is an adjustment, like everything that's going on, like in Afghanistan now, like yeah, everything that happened, like 9-11 and stuff, like just, it's just so many things that just I open mean, your eyes. what's happening, you know? It's yeah, it's, COVID. We're, we're living in unprecedented times right now, and we. But how we many always generations? Right? How many generations say that? How many generations that this is the end time? How many generations? I mean, like if I was living in 1940s, you know, Germany or England for that matter, like you know, that would be that would have been the real end of the world. Like Hitler really did look like the Antichrist, you know. So mm-hmm. I think everything seems unprecedented, but I think it's just a life cycle of things, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of unprecedented for me is not necessarily, you know, for the world in general, it's for me and my generation, you know, like my generation hasn't seen a global pandemic and we might not ever see it again, we might, but we also might not. And I think, um, man, I, for some reason, like 1984 has just been stuck in my head for the past couple of weeks, just thinking about like Facebook's new um, virtual reality workplace and oh, all yeah. of those things. It's like, you know, Big Brother wasn't a bad thing at the at the start, I don't think. <laughs> you know, like when I they think, first started it, everybody was probably like, oh, this is cool. I think, you know, yeah. I think that's just, you see like little things like that with like, you know, like look at Cuba. When Castro came in, he he was like, I'm going to give people free health care and the education is going to get better. And maybe it did for a second. You know, we're going to be a socialist nation and we're going to be prosperous and I'm going to bring in all this prosperity to your country. Look at them now, you know. So, you know, those things that seem like good ideas, but are, you know, but you're discouraged to look at them in any kind of realistic or negative way. Mm -hmm. Like, how does this play out? Can I critically play this out to each sort of end result that could happen. I think in a society where you're discouraged to critically think, mm. then we get closer to a big brother situation, a 1984 think, situation. Uh, yeah. I think that technology has gone from, you know, like this flat line to, you know, just a straight up explosive growth. And, you know, even the last 30 years, that what does the next 30 years look like? You know, we said no to, you know, having chips in our hands, but our phone recognizes our face. 
or right. you know, we have an Apple watch on that knows exactly where we are at all times. Right. Uh, rate and, of our heartbeat. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to throw away my Apple watch. I love it. Uh, right. It brings convenience to my life. And, you know, there's, there's something to be said about, you know, we said no to it a year ago and now they're making it look better. They're making it look more convenient. They're making it look like the next logical step that we said no to a year ago. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think there's a knowledge situation also that happens. Like there's a fear of the unknown, which is sort of what happens when these things come out Mm -hmm. and then you sort of get more knowledge or you feel more comfortable with the knowledge that you have about it. And then, I mean, well, two years ago, we didn't need a virtual reality workspace. Right. And now we do. And this is the perfect, I, it, you know, I said to Lance today, if we, if this, if we were going to take the next step to being in the Wally universe, this would be it. Yeah. You know, if I'm allowed to sit at home at my desk all day and just wear a headset that shows me my coworkers. That is such a Wally thing that that's terrifying to me. That total dependency Mm-hmm. And I'm not like, I'm going to go live in the woods and garden my food. Like I don't even Absolutely get started. Not. I'm not even going to do the little upside down strawberry thing that you literally just have to water. I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm not, I will I'm not go to the whole foods with my little phone in my hand and the Caucasian place of worship. <laughs> yes. I will grab my little box of strawberries and walk out of there and it knows what I bought. I will do right. it. I will thank you farm do workers it. for doing your thing because yes, thank you. I'm not the one. And but I'm scared. That yeah, like scan me. Uh, here's the thing. Like I think that, like again, regardless of the choices that we have to make, discouraging two-sided argument or critical thinking is the beginning of. I don't want to say the end. That's dramatic, but that. I mean, like, man, if you can't look at two sides of an argument. If you're discouraged from looking at two sides of an argument, you know, if you have to be coerced or, you know, convinced because you can't look in any other direction to do something, then I think that that's dangerous. Like that's, that's a dangerous place to be as a society. And, you know, all this stuff with the vaccine, I'm not for or against it. I don't care what you do with your body, your body, your choice. Okay. I'm never going to divulge whether I've had it or not. I know plenty of people. My husband is vaccinated. You know, like I know plenty of people who are not vaccinated. Um, I know people who have almost died of COVID and people who are sick right now with it and people who got better when they were like, it wasn't a big deal. But like this idea that we can't talk about both sides is scary to me. That's more scary than, than dying of COVID. It's more scary than dying of a vaccine reaction. The fact that we're discouraged from looking at two sides of something makes me, makes me more anxious than anything going on in the world right now. And, you know, that's the beginning of 1984 because that's what that book is really about controlling thought and how he's starting to deviate from that, that thought control and how that that's the most important thing is your thoughts and your ability to make decisions on your own. That's the theme of that book, which is terrifying. I can't read that book. I think I read it once. Oh, it's, it's, it's horrifying. 
Yeah. I mean, I read it in high school and I still remember it to this day. It's, it's, it's something that's definitely stuck with me forever. And it's meant to, I mean, I, I love that. I love when a book will stay with you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. That's literature. That's, mm-hmm. that's literature. That's good writing. That's, you know, I need to read it again. Get the audio book, get the audio book <laughs> with the no. actors doing the to make it real. No. Yeah. I refuse. No, but that idea of like cameras being in frames, that happens in North Korea right now. 100%. Honestly, I heard this uh, girl, I forget her name, something Parks, but um, she defected from North Korea into China and then her and her mom were sold as um, sex slaves for a while and they finally ended up here in America. But she said that like, if your house is burning, you have to go in and, um, get the leader's picture. Cause everybody has to have one in the house and like, they'll randomly, the cops will randomly come in to check if you've dusted it and you can get like put in jail for having like not taking care of it. You can get like executed for, it's like your house is burning. You don't save it. Yeah. It's wild out there. Okay. This is taking a turn. This is too much for me. Yeah. I don't think. Sorry. No, it's, don't it's apologize. Wild. I mean, this is, this is great conversation. And it's wild what's happening in the world right now around us that we are so unaware of. And I mean, it's Afghanistan. Like, we, like period. Right, right. We gripe and complain about having to wear a mask and people are literally handing soldiers babies to try to save them from what's about to go down. You know, like it's just like perspective. Mm-hmm. It's just perspective. I mean, talk about privilege, whatever's going on here in America. I'm not like survive. Yeah, we're gonna survive. A terrorist group is not, I mean, as bad as Trump quote unquote was or Biden quote unquote is, they're not the Taliban. And so I think knowing what's really going on in the world, knowing the worst is happening around us helps us put it into perspective Mm. what's going on, you know, here where we live. Yeah. To me anyway. For sure. Yes. Okay. Well, let's ask one more question to lighten it up before we, yeah. you know, cut this Should thing off. we talk off. about fan fiction? <laughs> I can't. Not at this time. <laughs> I refuse to comment. Hard, hard pass. We're too tired. And it would oh just my God. Dude, I'm exhausted. Oh, my God. Um, That's where the next great American novel is going to be written. Lord. It's going to start as a fan fiction. Can we talk about how... What has inspired me to write my, or has has brought me to realize that I would like to write my next novel is that I found a book that's about the hollow moon theory. Really? Yes. And like reading Wait, it. Wait, go just into really it a little. Like, give up. me a summary of the hollow moon theory. So essentially, so there's, there's, I mean, there's two theories that to me kind of go together. There's the hollow moon theory and the hollow earth theory. So the hollow earth theory comes from this guy who wrote a book about how he flew a plane to the North pole and he landed there and he went through this hole in the earth and he was brought down by these incredible alien 
uh, like um, uh, northern European looking people brought him into the middle of the earth. The inside of the earth is hollow, and it's this incredible utopia with aliens, and they're lizard know, so people. They, yeah, they're so tall and blonde and beautiful. That's the hollow earth theory. The hollow moon theory is similar to the hollow earth theory that there is no core to the moon. It's all hollow. Um, there's, you know, some people believe that it's a spaceship. Some people believe that it's just hollowed out and there's, you know, something in there. Who knows what it is? Um, there's this, uh, thought out there or this belief that if you land on the moon you know it rings like a bell because it's hollow and um interesting so there's this there's this whole other moon theory that i just love that i uh you know suggest to everyone but no one really listens to it because it's an hour long and it's read by a a text-to-speech robot Mm. Um, but it's called uh the clementine project Oh, I think I've heard of that. Uh, and it's about dragons that live on the moon. Yes, I definitely have heard about that. Yes. Oh, oh yes. it's so good. It's so good. I I watched that years ago while I was, I remember, you know, vividly, I was folding laundry and I was just completely, you know, captured by this story and... I I haven't been able to stop thinking about the moon since. The moon, it being hollow, there being dragons on it, you know, the dark side of the moon, it being an alien spaceship. There are so many things that the moon could be. And, you know, we're never going to know. We're only going to know what the government tells us. Space terrifies me. I I don't think it's space for me. Space Um, and the ocean. Oh, the ocean is terrifying. The (laughs) ocean is so much scarier than space for me. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. The, the, the current belief is that there is nothing in space outside of space, but we know that there's ish We in the know. Ocean. We know. And they are terrifying looking. Mm-hmm. And we've what? only the tip of the iceberg, bro. Like, just unbelievable. Have you seen that Kraken TikTok? No. <gasps> I'm sending it to you. Yeah. The no, Kraken's I- real. Did you see the one where the guy's like, he's a fisherman off the coast, the East coast, I think it's somewhere around Boston and he's a fisherman. And there's like these, these, um, like sirens, sirens. Yeah. Like making through the crab back on the boat. Yes. 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 I knew I sent that to you, but Mm -hmm. yeah, like, no, ma'am. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm not playing catch with a siren. Absolutely not. You know what? Maybe you should catch me outside. I might. No. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. Man, if a siren Maybe takes me and about... turns me into a siren. Well, you see what I'm saying? Like, they say they drown them, but what's the point? I never got past that. Like, what's the point in so... drowning men? Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> wow no no and that's on exclamation point but what if they've evolved and now they're like there's lesbian sirens or bisexual sirens pansexual sirens i don't know if they've gotten that i don't know i might be in trouble you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like what's the point then like what do they eat them well i would assume so 
You know what? I think they look like. Well, they like, don't like crabs. They throw the crabs back on the boat. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it looked kind of chewed up <laughs> when it came back. So maybe she had a little snack and threw it back. A little nibble. Yeah. I mean, terrifying. Mm. But yeah, if you want somebody to edit your novel, I'll do that. I will absolutely be. I'm educated for it. So. Oh. Yeah. I love that for me. Yeah. So. That's such a such a vulnerable space to be in. You know, we say that, but then we were all up in there on that fan fiction situation. Oh, you know I was. You we were posting I that ish on the internet. Maybe not under our mm. real names, but we were posting it like But everyone's so positive in that world. They are. You know, they're, they're like positive. you could write trash. You could use the wrong punctuation. You could use the wrong two. And they're gonna be like, love this chapter. Where's yeah. the next one? They're either that or they're like super like picky. Like, oh, oh no, he would never have said that because like never do that. I have this all these notes over here about these characters. And it's like, ew, you're like ruining it for everyone. You're way mm-hmm. too you're, you're taking this in sync fan fiction way too seriously. Thank you. Like Thank you. We're here to have a good time. And it sometimes right when they go things. into like, well, that wouldn't be his thought process because in on timestamp 5426 on this episode, he says oh. this and obviously he doesn't feel that way. The worst are people who are really into like Lord of the Rings fan fiction, mm. Harry Potter fan Don't fiction. Don't even get me started. Like they're way too particular. There's so I- much lore in that world. That unless As if Tolkien wasn't Tolkien, enough, detailed thank enough. you. Right. Like, that's the thing. I will not, I'll read that ish, but I'm not going to even touch Lord of the Rings in any kind of way, shape, or form. Absolutely. To think, not. Like, that's like the Bible. You don't add to it, mm-hmm. you don't take away from mm-hmm. it. It is what it is, and it lives It is on. canon. It is canon. Period. Period. Lewis's writings, the same thing. I'm not touching it with the 10 foot pole. That is perfect the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Like, just leave it. Just right. Leave it. Now, there's things about Harry Potter that I think I'm just like, mm, that seems like a hole. But again, I mean, her, I think her Harry mind. Potter has such a gigantic universe that is so um, current. You know, yeah. like Lord of the Rings is so fantastical and, you know, drawn back to a time that none of us know about, you know? Yeah, like none we don't even know in. when in time it actually was. Like, do you ever think right. about that? Like, was this way back in the day? Is this currently happening on a separate universe? You know what I mean? Like, when does it exist? I think it's based in, for me at least, you know. Middle from, Earth? Yeah, where the heck is that? Talk about a hole Who in, knows? The, in the earth. I think um I think for me, I think medieval and I think that that kind of time frame. And so I never experienced that and I never will, and I'm never gonna know anything about what it was like to poop outside in a hole. Right. So how could I ever assume or pretend to know what Tolkien meant by anything ever? Right. I mean, this man drew maps created languages. languages i mean like to feel like we can add anything to his genius like let's be honest mm-hmm. we can't we can absolutely cannot and like to try is just futile like i'm mm-hmm. no 
Mm-mm. I would imagine not. having him on the podcast. My God. What a treasure. Right? Oh my God. Yeah. That would be like thrilling. Thrilling. When Wesley asked me who I wanted to have on the podcast, he said, I said dead or alive. And he goes, Oh, alive for sure. And I'm like, Oh, you lost me. You lost I have, me. Yeah. I have like eight people. How many would people have. would I love to talk to that are no longer with us? Millions. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. There's so many people I would talk to. You. F. Scott Fitzgerald. Oh. 100%. Bob Ross. 100%. Oh, Bob freaking Ross. That man. I mean, I was watching it with the kids because they'll watch Bob Ross with me. And just the effortlessness of this. Mm-hmm. Afrotastic man, like mm-hmm. just first of all, that hair on a white dude, chef's kiss. Secondly, I mean, he was just taking the reflections he does. The how reflections. Quickly, how quickly he does? Stop it! Stop the your mountains? whole life, huh? The mountains. The mountains. When he messes up, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He'll fix it in a second. In a second, it looks better. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoop. Oh, sorry. I'm going to make this magical for you now. Mm-hmm. Waterfalls? I, what? My God. How he He's does man. the mist so quickly. The Cloud. mist. The fact that, like, just unbelievable. Okay? Just unbelievable, the talent. Like, the way who, he, oh, who, my God. Who does that now? Literally no, no one. one. No one. No one can match his energy, except for maybe no. his son. His son has a couple of good episodes. I've never seen it. Oh, oh. Does he he's talk some, like He that? has some guest spots, you know, and his son will come on and paint or like his friend will come on and paint a portrait. They had a lady come on. I think it was a lady. And she did a beautiful portrait of like a Native American woman. Oh, I think I remember that. From oh, like incredible. Way back in the day. Yeah, like just, I mean, real talent. It feels like it's so hard to find really talented creatives right now like music doesn't even like music's not even as creative mm. anymore and so like man i think that's what made people really like obsessed with harry potter it was like we hadn't had a really good mm-hmm. book let alone a series that for so long like maybe i think you could probably have found something in um science fiction because they're very like very like big worlds and like long long and drawn out but like i think everything up until harry potter was like very like just sort of like and then all of a sudden boom well there hasn't been like a cult anything in terms of you know, media or books or movies lately. And, you know, maybe that has a little bit to do with COVID. But I mean, um, like, you know, the Twilight's making a comeback because there's nothing else. Because there's nothing else. The following of Twilight is coming back. And we're all in our 30s. (sighs) Yeah, I will gladly join. Like, not going to lie. I'll pull up to Forks any minute. Hey, listen, it's only like three and a half hours away. So pull up. No. Because I'm out here and like not doing anything. So I would love to see a cult following of something that I could join in on and just be Obsessed. a part of again. Yeah. We need I mean, like I Marvel? tried with Star Wars. 
but I couldn't do it. Kylo Ren is a petulant child. I said it. I said it. Okay. Controversial. I don't care. Petulant child. He was annoying. I love Adam Driver. Love Adam Driver. But I struggled through the whole thing. And the ending, garbage. So I've only seen number seven. Um, I have no interest in watching any Star Wars movie besides the original six. You can't, it's, it's like, it's it, Star Wars seven, eight, and nine is Star Wars fan fiction. You can't, you can't take it's Lucas's mind yeah. and Disneyfy it and turn it into something that it's not. You just can't. I mean, I, I grew up watching Star Wars and Lord of the Rings it, like, you know, once a month. You know, we had a marathon and we would watch all of them. And I, I'm a firm believer. I am a Star Wars purist. Numbers four through six are the first and the, through the third movie. And numbers one through three are the fourth through the sixth. The original movies are my favorite. Don't like, don't like Hayden Christensen, Natalie Portman's parts. No, absolutely not. And then the last few, I just like you. The first three that came out before I was born, those are the ones that I like the most. Mm-hmm. I don't think they need to go any further, but they did, and clearly it worked for them. But I didn't work for me because I was like, you know. I just, it's too much. Even Jack, like Jack tried to watch him, got into that like Hayden Christensen ones and he was just like done. One through three, I don't explicitly dislike. I like them. I think they're, I think they add to the original story. Um, I do much enjoy, you know, numbers four through six. Um, what about all the other ones, like this, the Han Solo one? And I haven't seen it. I, I, you know, not very good. I have no interest in in watching it because to me, it's it's taking away from the original purity of the series that they didn't need Ford. to touch. Yeah, like sometimes I feel like people want to know too much about a character. And it ruins the character. Right. You have to leave it open to the imagination. I mean, I remember my first copy of Twilight. It had a it had the movie poster on the front, but it didn't look like them. Like Edward didn't look like Robert Pattinson on the cover that I had. And so in my mind, I had this generalized picture of what Edward looked like looked like. And yet I was still able to create this vision in my mind. And when the movie came out, it's like oh, I don't have, I'm not allowed to imagine it anymore. Right. Right. I, you know, I miss, I miss having like real villains, Mm. just someone you can hate through the whole thing. And now we just try to empathize and be real woke about it. And it's like, like what they did to Cruella DeVille. Like, Cruella DeVille did not need a backstory. No. She hated puppies. I don't care mm-hmm. why. And mm-hmm. that made her a terrible human being. I you don't can't need explain her wanting her to was- skin puppies away. Her, first of all, us watching a movie that literally was like, I'm going to skin these puppies and put them on as a coat. Like, where were our parents? <laughs> okay. And sec- <laughs> secondly... 
the storyline, her mom got killed by, oh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Cruella, her mom got killed by Dalmatians, and that's why she hates them. No, she was an evil woman who who wanted to be this, like, she, yeah, just, I can't even talk about it anymore. Can't even talk about it anymore. How dare you throw Dalmatians under the bus like that? Right, right. They did you nothing. You think firefighters would have them if they killed people? Period. No. Those are helpful. I almost said. <laughs> Period. Yeah. You know what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's like, it's so ridiculous. I don't want, like, imagine if, well, there is a, a book about Hannibal Lecter's background, which does explain a lot. But even still, like you're not empathizing with him. Mm-hmm. Like he is still terrible and evil. And I just, I need a good villain like that. Mm-hmm. I need to feel like I don't feel bad for you at all. And you're just, when you're dead, you're dead. Thank goodness you're gone. But we don't do that anymore. And it makes mm-hmm. me sad. No, we don't. Yeah. Like Voldemort. Voldy, sir. Deserve to die. Yeah, 100%. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Beatrix or whatever. Thank God. Thank <laughs> God Voldemort is dead. Yeah. <laughs> what would God. we have done? <laughs> if he had lived, he wouldn't through this pandemic. How oh. would his mask stay on his face? Oh. <laughs> no notes. Oh. <laughs> he has nothing to protect him. No, no. nose hairs to keep no the germs out. <laughs> There's no filter mm-hmm. between his nose and his lungs. Like, just none. How's this man going to get the vaccine? You going to tell me this white, shriveled <laughs> up even know. man is going to get the vaccine? How could they tell if he was being like, if he Mm-mm. was having a reaction? Did you see what he did when he put a wand on Harry's face? Did you see that nasty noise he made? Yeah. Imagine somebody sticking a needle into that man's arm. I don't yeah. think so. Would he even let them? Mm, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't know. I maybe do- he would have turned it into a horcrux. Yeah yeah for sure <laughs> my antibodies are my horcrux <laughs> try to get me now <laughs> only covid could destroy him at that point because <laughs> the antibodies wouldn't work covid is the chosen one yeah not harry potter anymore covid19 mm-hmm. and the sorcerer's stone mm. <laughs> covid19 and the prisoner of azkaban period. <laughs> covid19 and the deathly hollow <laughs> Part one and part two. <laughs> yes, because first dose and second dose. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no Johnson and Johnson here. No, I was supposed to make a Johnson and Johnson joke. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Now the booster. Who would that have been? Oh my gosh! My God. Mm-mm. the little animal on the back of Voldemort's head in the in the sorcerer's drone oh yeah for sure That's oh my the god thing. the fact that he was like drinking unicorn blood legend gross but villain legend I know like cause who kills unicorns only Villains. the most evil person mm-hmm. trick question mm-hmm. like just nobody good would kill no a unicorn how could you how yeah i mean just ridiculous 
Okay, so it's officially tomorrow. Oh my god, it's not here. It's mm-hmm. only ten oh two. But I get it. Um and I think we're gonna have to split this episode into two parts. I don't think I've ever put out a two hour episode, but here we are. Is it two hours? I think it's been close to two hours. I'm surprised. I thought Zoom like cut off after an I hour. I know, me too. I thought for sure it would have cut off by now. Wow. But you know what? I just wanted us to bring this into the world. That's all. Well, I mean, I hope people enjoyed this random episode. This was so I don't much. have a career to talk about. But you know what? We had fun doing it, and that's all that matters. I know. I mean, your room is on fire, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's it's fine. fine. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming on again. Um, yeah. I'm so glad we got to re-record. Maybe um, if people want, we can delve into fan fiction. Of course. Because yes. That's again, we have to topic. do this. Let us know in the in the comments on some sort of Facebook post or something that you want to hear from us on fan fiction. Because spoiler alert. We both wrote it. We both have written it, and we are at, we were avidly <laughs> into that aspect of writing. Yes, we so could. If you want to hear? We about could that. tell you all about it. We could tell you all about it. That's a whole all culture in and of itself. It. My God. So yeah. Well, let us know. We will see you on the next one. I'm gonna yes. hit stop recording and see what happens. Bye. Bye. On behalf of myself and my guest, Monique Stelly, thank you for listening to this episode of the Two Story Podcast. I hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye!